That's right, it's the Dr. Tommy Show. Welcome to the weekend, almost Friday edition of the Dr. Tommy Show. We're glad you're here on Rumble Live streaming and then anywhere you want to join us on the podcast platforms, join us and thanks for listening to an independent bod- podcast. Please, if you can do us a favor, uh, subscribe and or share it with a friend. That really helps us a lot. Uh, glad to have you back. There's been a lot of things going on lately. Uh, last night, Joe Biden had his big speech in front of Philadelphia uh, Constitution Hall, I believe it was, and gave gave as a rousing speech, dividing half America and uh, basically telling people who are MAGA people who are supporting Trump that they're, they're I think he said that they are uh, they don't support the rule of law. He, he stopped short of calling them terrorists, I think. He may have not, though. But uh, anyway, here's a little bit of here's a little bit of what the president had to say. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. Yeah, right. These mainstream Republicans are the ones that roll over like uh, fold like cheap suits like Mitt Romney. So anyway, so MAGA Republicans now are the new person that new people in the target that are going to be uh, Solinsky style isolated and then destroyed in true Solinsky fashion. So. We're here glad to be a MAGA supporting or MAGA Republicans here or MAGA MAGA people. And uh, it doesn't matter what President Biden says, because no matter what, in the end of the day, the people that support um, MAGA are not people who hate the rule of law. And they're not people who storm the Capitol. And they're not people who um, uh, are racist and not people that are hateful. So much of what they do is they project out on people what they are themselves. So I don't care what he has to say. Uh, there's a lot of different things I want to talk about. One of them, Tracy found this article. This is shocking. This is a book that was found in Tampa. This is part of, uh, it's from the FloridaStandard.com. And this is at a middle school here in Tampa. And it's called, a book that was found there was called, uh, it's called, This Book is Gay. And it says here, Book in Tampa Middle School Library has instructions on anal sex and hookup apps. And it says, outrage among parents after a book promoting gay sex, including instructions on how to use, quote, hookup apps, is found to be part of a Pierce Middle School Library catalog. And in this book, there's a section on there. It says, in the section boy-on-boy sex, this book is gay, includes cartoon sketches of a naked man with facial and pubic hair. Now, this this is a book intended for children, mind you. Okay. Because it's an instructional book. And here it is in the book, Boy on Boy Sex, This Book is Gay, which is in the middle school library here in Tampa. We're broadcasting from in the free state. It says, this book is gay, includes cartoon sketches of a naked man with facial and pubic hair. The diagram has arrows pointing to the man's penis, testicles, quote, bum, nipples, and, and, and nipples with guidance on best practices, noting, quote, trans men have slightly different bodies, end quotes. In the section that de- details how sex apps work, Dawson writes, uh, it is a fact that although this is what it says in the in the sex apps section of the book, quote, it is a fact that although grown up adult types are sometimes looking for a serious relationship, sometimes they are just looking for a spot of sexy fun time. 
It goes on to say, remember, this is fine as long as you're honest and use always use a condom. So this is a book that's in the middle school library here in Tampa, Pierce Middle School. And uh, this lady who was found this book and basically made a big fuss about it, went into the front of the school board and started reading out sections of it in which they, they really uh, did not like because uh, it was very explicit. And uh, even though it was in the in the school, the school board did not like her reading out these sections live. So this is one of the reasons that they talk about this last year, talking about MAGA Republicans and talking about people who are against the state and all this stuff. You know, the FBI labeled people, uh, parents that went in front of these school boards, they said they were domestic terrorists, right? And so the parents went in front of the school boards because of stuff like this. And so this this parent that went in front of the school board in the, in the eyes of Merrick Garland is probably a domestic terrorist and someone to be uh, castigated as the president did last night. Uh, so, so I don't know if you, if you have been following about the uh, um, D- department of justice going after Trump, but they are really going after him big time. And they are trying to uh, basically get him out of the election cycle for this coming election, 2022 and also for 2024. And that accused him of, uh, uh, obstructing justice. This is a. This was from uh, earlier this week. It says in a supply, surprise late night filing, Department of Justice responded to former President Donald Trump's request to have a special master review the documents seized by FBI agents during a search of his Mar-a-Lago home. Uh, this says after receiving information that documents may have been quote concealed and removed from the storage room, and the efforts were taken to obstruct the government's investigation, the prosecutors decided to obtain a search warrant, which they did. And so this is uh, this is what they're going to do. There's been some people said that they don't think that they're going to try to indict Trump. Uh, I think they will try to indict him because they are going to go all in on this, because if you indict Trump, they're already making people scared to back Trump. Uh, these uh, kind of uh, milk toast Republicans who are you know, middle of the road types, uh, John Cornyn, uh, you know, these uh, these, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham, even these people that are just easily scared off. Uh, they wouldn't back Donald Trump if he was maybe now that he's been investigated. But even if he if he gets indicted, then they really won't back him. And if they indict Donald Trump and they put him in front of a jury in D.C., they could they can indict Donald Trump for stealing uh, moon rocks, and the jury in D.C. would would uh, would agree, and they would uh, they would basically convict him. So, I do think they're going to indict him. I think this is all out. I mean, why wouldn't you? You've already impeached a man twice. Why wouldn't they try to indict him and then also prosecute him? This is a COVID news. So this is a, you know, we're in a practice here where we practice basically whatever we want to do because we're independent. Like our podcast is independent. Our uh, practice is independent. So what we do here is we um, uh, we practice uh, medicine however we feel like. And, and on this podcast, we talk about however we feel like talking. And uh, that's it. Well, in California, this is again from the Florida Standard. Tracy found this again. It says California passes Soviet style censorship law for doctors. And this is a law that they're are pro- they are uh, proposing. It says the law would let a board appointed by the governor strip medical professionals of their licenses if they're deemed to spread, quote, misinformation about COVID-19 and vaccines. So what is misinformation? Because right now what is considered uh, accepted about COVID-19 vaccines and COVID-19 is actually was considered thought crime before it could get you suspended off Twitter and probably still could actually right now. But if you were to say 
that the COVID-19 vaccines don't work or masks don't work or something like that, you could be uh, suspended and convicted of thought crime. Well, here in California, it looks like if they pass this law, I mean, if this law uh, is signed by Gavin Newsom, and I have no no reason to believe he wouldn't sign it, uh, it would make it uh, able for them to strip the doctors of their licenses. It says the bill, AB 2098, would define any questioning or critique of COVID-19 regime as, quote, unprofessional conduct, threatening to strip the doctors of their license to practice medicine in the state. The law would make it possible for the Medical Board of California, appointed by the governor, to take away licenses for medical professionals and preventing them from practicing in California. Well, another reason not to practice in California, but either way, that's uh, pretty shameful because, uh, like I said, the things that are now known about COVID-19 were considered um, that were considered thought crime before are actually true now. The fact that, like you could say, uh, well... I don't believe there's an actual breakthrough case rate of one in 5,000. I think it's higher than that. I don't think the vaccines work that well. Because uh, they said that if you had the vaccine, then, well, first one that came out, they said if you had the vaccine, then you couldn't get COVID. Then they said, well, you can get COVID, but it's very unlikely. It's one in 5,000 chance. Now what they say is uh, they don't say anything about breakthrough cases. And all they say now is if you get the vaccine, uh, you should still get the vaccine, and I guess what they're saying now is it won't make you won't be uh, as likely to die from COVID. But again, if you would have said any of those other things leading up to that before, that would be considered thought crime in each state, each step. And it's not until real world uh, experiences bore out that the things that they were claiming about the vaccines or COVID were false. So, at what point are they going to lose their license? Do you? I mean, there's there the the point is is there's no objective truth truth when you're dealing with something like this and you just have to have let people have their opinions and also have their opinions and practice the way they want to practice i mean this is criminalizing basically people's medical opinions especially about something like covid19 because look at dr fauci obviously this guy uh i mean he's proven that whatever it is that is quote unquote science is is not necessarily written in stone because of all the things that we've gone back and forth with Dr. Fauci and the CDC all through the years, these last two years about COVID-19 back and forth, you know. So uh, what else is there? There's something else in here about um, stack here. Oh, this is new. This is just the news. It says eight boosted mice critics pan FDA for pre-election Omicron jab approval based on irrelevant data. So they're going to have this bivalent vaccine now that is going to be for coronavirus. It's going to use the original spike protein and then this new Omicron variant. It says here, mainstream media have joined prominent doctors in questioning the FDA for its reliance on animal studies to approve the so-called bivalent COVID-19 boosters for ages 12 and up even as the shots are already being forced on low risk, quote, fully vaccinated populations such as college students. So they're, they're going to try to make these vaccines in some of these states, probably like California, mandatory. And so they're coming out with this new vaccine that's going to be part of the uh, old coronavirus spike protein plus the new coronavirus spike proteins. And they said that uh, this 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 study is not going to be, I mean, this 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 vaccine is not going to be held until they do uh, human studies. They're just going to go ahead and release it now because they did a study on mice. And this is from the Mercury News. It says 
The Mercury News emphasized that the bivalent booster, quote, studies about efficacy so far have only been completed in mice. It says eight mice and Pfizer study, quote, generated a 2.6 fold increase in neutralizing antibody levels against the BA4, BA5 compared to the current booster. So they used eight mice to basically justify it for the for the Pfizer study. Uh so it's it's also they talk about here in this article, they said that there's been a, a fall in the death rate. I'm sorry, the life expectancy in the last two years. And they say that the reason for it is COVID. And it says uh, this is from uh, it says COVID was the main factor in life expectancy falling from 77 years in 2020 to 76 point one years in 2021, according to Robert Anderson. Robert Anderson, Chief of Mortality Statistics at CDC's National Center for Health Statistics. Other factors, including drug overdose and suicide, were probably related to pandemic, but not directly to the virus, quote. But this article goes on to point out that if you look at the study and then you look at the people who were vaccinated, that doesn't hold true that the vaccine was the reason for saving lives. So that's what they're saying is COVID was the main factor in life expectancy following, meaning that people were dying of COVID. Okay, that may be the case. But then they went then they're going ahead and using this information to say there that you should have the vaccine to prevent you from dying from COVID. But listen to this. This is from the article. It's not clear bivalent boosters would reverse or mitigate that trend, however. The steepest drop in life expectancy was in the category, quote, American Indian and Alaska Native, which fell 1.9 years to 65.2 in 2021. American Indian and Alaska Native have a higher booster rate than the Black and Hispanic Latino categories, according to the latest CDC data from August 24th. Black life expectancy declined 0.7 years to 70.8, and Hispanic Latino 0.2 to 77.6. Okay, so the black life expectancy declined 0.7 years and the Hispanic Latino declined 0.2 years. Now listen to this. Whites, whose booster rate is second only to the Asian category, lost a full year to 76.4. So the, the highest booster rate, or the one that has a high booster rate, uh, and, uh, and amongst the non-whites was the American Indian and Alaska Native. They had a higher booster rate than the Black and Hispanic Latino categories, and their life expectancy dropped the steepest, 1.9 years. Now, there's a lot of other factors in that, but the, 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 they had the highest rate of vaccine, and their life expectancy dropped 1.9 years. And then the Black life expectancy dropped 0.7 years, and Hispanic Latino 0.2 years. And then whites, again, whose booster rate is only second to the Asian category, lost a full year to 76.4. This doesn't uh, include what the Asian uh, death rate fell to, or if it fell at all. That's just food for thought about viruses and vaccines and uh, thought crime. And in California, if you question any of this, probably will you lose your license or if you try to talk to your patients about that. Uh, What else? So back to COVID stuff. So the fed, federal government's going to approve this booster. Uh, hasn't been tested on humans. Uh, this is going to um, this is going to be a test to see how well their strategy is for convincing Americans that they know what they're doing still, because 
right now they're throwing away lots and lots and lots of the spike protein shots, the original spike protein shots, because people don't aren't getting them anymore. So this booster shot is going to be updated. It'd be interesting to see how many people get it. Uh, I predict, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I think a lot of people will not get it, especially since the Omicron variant is uh, supposed to be a less severe variant. This is medical news. So these people would fit in perfect in California. This is from Breitbart. American Academy of Pediatrics defends mask usage on children. Quote, they still may need to, they still may be needed to keep kids safe. American Academy of Pediatrics is defending mask mass usage on children yet again as the school year commences, falsely claiming that they still may need to be kept safe with masks, despite studies showing the weak efficacy of cloth and surgical masks and blocking aerosols. And this is what the AAP wrote in a social media post. Masks are important to help reduce the spread of COVID-19. Uh, claiming and it says that uh, it made the mask policy it says claiming that schools that had mask policies had less spread of the virus despite widespread studies showing that mask usage did not curb the spread of the virus so they're saying in this AAP post that the kids need to be masked up because it helps to stop the spread of disease but there's been numerous studies and I have seen it myself when we had the mask mandate here in Hillsborough County it made no difference on the cases, zero. And there's been lots of studies on this. This is not hard to find. But the AAP, uh, American Academy of Pediatrics, is probably one of the most ardent establishment type. Well, they're all the same. I mean, not they're all the same. Any of these uh, um, academies, American Academy of Pediatrics, American Academy of Family Medicine, Internal Medicine, I think they call themselves the... Uh, uh, I forgot what their name nomenclature is. But anyway, all these academies, they all kind of toe the line for the establishment of medicine. But the AAP toes it the best. AAP is the ones that will go out and say, if parents have guns in their in their in their home, and then the, those parents are more likely to, uh, you know, those kids are a danger, and, and parents like, you know, they're very anti anything that's not um, liberal, I guess you'd call it, and so. You know, if if you were to if you were to have a, a pediatrician from the AAP, and you and they were asking about guns in your home, and you said, "Yeah, we have lots of guns," uh, they would probably drop over, faint it, uh, faint out from a sheer shock. This is scary. This is from the Free Beacon. It says Feds pinpoint nearly three thousand thirty thousand Mexican passport holders with Middle Eastern names in fraud investigation. Law enforcement officials have identified a high number of individuals with Middle Eastern names traveling with Mexican passports, according to an internal Department of Homeland Security memo obtained by the Washington Free Beacon. Since the beginning of 2022, nearly 30,000 Mexican passport holders were flagged as part of an investigation on passport fraud, the memo states, adding that each identified individual would further be evaluated. So they're going to further evaluate 30,000 people. Good Lord. A senior official at DHS who spoke on the condition of anonymity said the agency will likely investigate whether any of the individuals had traveled to the United States and whether they are any other patterns in their travel. So this person basically leaked. And it says, uh, this DHS physician official said, the investigation highlights that criminals often use legal travel to facilitate criminal activity. The nexus to Mexico should cause uh, the public and lawmakers to reflect on how poor border can be even more dangerous. And then Christopher Ray testified in the Senate. And he said, 
the border crisis represents a significant security issue and represents a wide array of criminal threats that flow out of it. Any port of entry, any potential vulnerability is something we know foreign terrorist organizations and others will seek to exploit. There you go. That's happy. You know what, though? They're sending these people. They're not keeping them at the border anymore, at least in Texas. Uh, you know, uh, the governor down there, Abbott's been shipping them all over. I think I think Governor DeSantis is shipping them out, too. He's shipping he's shipped some to uh, I think he ships them to Washington, D.C., maybe. But Abbott is the big one that's shipping him to New York. He's shipping them to Washington, D.C., and now he's shipping him to Chicago. This is from the Gateway Pundit. It says Chicago Mayor Lightfoot whines and calls Texas governor's illegal migrant buses to Chicago. Illegal migrant buses, meaning that illegals are not the buses are illegal, but the people inside them are illegal migrants. Uh, she calls these buses racist. It says on Wednesday, Texas Governor Abbott announced he was sending busloads of illegal aliens to Chicago. In response to the move, Lightfoot called the governor a quote cheap politician and his actions were racist. She says, quote, this is a humanitarian crisis manufactured by a cheap politician who is focused on his own political fortunes and pandering to, frankly, the lowest common denominator in his party. So those are probably the MAGA people that she's talking about. Those people. So why is a big deal, though? I don't understand. So they're a sanctuary city, right? I think they are. And New York is, right? New York City is. Washington, D.C. is. I assume Chicago is. What's the big deal? I mean, that's why he's sending them there anyway. He said so. They sign a document, they sign a, an affidavit, or not affidavit, they sign some type of waiver or something that when they go there, that they, they're going there knowingly. So it's not like tricking them, like they said before, that he was tricking them into going to New York City. Now, these people cr- come across the border illegally, and they well, show up in these dusty Texas towns, and then the, go- the governor there says, hey, do you want to go to New York City? You want to see some uh, Broadway shows, maybe? You know, go you know, get into the bright lights, uh, take in, you know, Times Square and all this stuff. And they say, hey, sure, sure. Why not? And they say it gives them a free ticket to New York. And then actually when they get there, they put them up in hotels, apparently. So what's what's the big deal, though? She's complaining. They want this, right? This, or is this the case of saying one thing and not really meaning it? Is that what this is? You know, uh, but I don't see what the big problem is if they're if they are a um Sanctuary City, what's the big deal about sending people to their city to go live? She had a, I think they had like a, like a dance, they had some, I mean, that was the Washington DC, that was Mayor Bowser. She had some type of a, uh, interpretive dance and they had a whole big celebration about how they were Sanctuary City. And, and then when he started sending them there, she was suddenly mad. This is, uh, some more stuff about, why our country is coming apart at the seams. It seems that our country is coming apart at the seams. And a lot of it has to do with the people who are in charge, dividing people against each other and dividing people against each other in the most uh, base, uh, base ways. So they're dividing uh, people against each other based on their skin color, uh, based on their sexual identity, based on their sexual preference based upon where they live, you know, so they're dividing people. And and one of the ways that they divide people is they base it on race. And it's not the government only that does it because corporations probably cause the government to do it, or at least are a major factor in the government doing what they do because they get so much uh, benefit from it, uh, social or um, 
political benefit, I guess you call it marketability. But anyway, this is from the this is from Breitbart. It says Bank of America won't require down payments from certain black and Hispanic borrowers. It says the Bank of America announced it will not require down payments on loans in certain primarily black and Hispanic neighborhoods in five U.S. cities. The new program from Bank of America is aimed at helping first-time home buyers in black and Hispanic neighborhoods by offering mortgages that don't require down payments, closing costs, or minimum credit scores, according to Bloomberg. The loans will also not require mortgage insurance. The trial program is being rolled out in, quote, certain black, African-American, and or Hispanic Latino neighborhoods in five U.S. cities, Detroit, Miami, Los Angeles, Dallas, and Charlotte, and North Carolina, and in Charlotte, North Carolina. And they're calling it the Community Affordable Loan Solution. And so this this is the type of thing where people see this, and it makes them feel like maybe the government is against them because of their skin color. And maybe the government is picking winners and losers based on skin color. And this just further divides uh, people uh, against each other for no reason. So the Bank of America is uh, doing this. And the people who are not going to benefit from this because they're not going to live in these neighborhoods are suddenly now they're made to feel like maybe this is because what, you know, these people deserve this because of their skin color. And then you have done something to them to cause them to have this problem is what we're told by the government, institutional racism and things of that nature. And this is just further exacerbating a divide in America based on skin color, which is not necessary. It's a, it's, it's everywhere though. If you, it's bank of America, here's something here from here from Amazon. It says, this is from the free beacon. Amazon faces suit over $10,000 offer made exclusively to quote black Latinx and native American entrepreneurs. So a white woman is suing e-commerce giant Amazon over a program that quote gives black Latinx and native American entrepreneurs a $10,000 stipend to launch their own delivery startups and offer the lawsuit calls quote patently unlawful racial discrimination. Uh, this says here, this means that businesses owned by blacks, Latinos, or Native Americans receive a $10,000 stipend from Amazon to become delivery service partners, while whites and Asian Americans who wish to become delivery startup partners receive no such stipend and must foot the bill for the entire uh, startup cost, the lawsuit says. Amazon also runs a black business accelerator that gives black businesses a black owned businesses a $500 credit to assist with startup and operational cost. Uh, that initiative, while not subject of the class action, is nonetheless another case of unlawful racial discrimination. Uh, this lawsuit states. So here we go. We got you know Bank of America doing this. You have Amazon doing this, and then you have affirmative action, which is the government, which says that basically people must be promoted based partially on their skin color. People must be hired partially based on their skin color. People must be um, uh, admitted to schools based on their skin color. And when you say that, you say, well, people must be admitted based on their skin color. Doesn't that also mean necessarily that people must be not admitted based on their skin color and must not be hired based on their skin color and must not be promoted based on their skin color? Cause it has to be that way. It's two sides of the same coin. So if you're going to say that we're going to hire people based on their skin color, that means if you're not that skin color, you're not going to get hired based on your skin color, which is discrimination at its easiest to understand level. 
And so we have affirmative action through the government. We have Amazon. We have all these corporations dividing people by their skin color. And then you have the politicians doing it too. And uh, it'd be a nice thing in one day if, if, if what Martin Luther King said would actually come true, that people could be just judged based on the content of their character, not the uh, color of their skin would be nice. Uh, you know, part of this thing though, with, um, discrimination, uh, racial justice, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a thing where if it's going to be solved, there will be people who are not going to benefit, who now benefit greatly from it. So it's not really in the interest of those who are the stakeholders, quote unquote, to solve this problem. So the people who are the quote stakeholders and, uh, is, uh, uh, you know, groups that basically derive their income from the division of races based on skin color. Uh, they're not, they're not going to want to be behind solving it. What would happen if a lot of these groups that are pr promoting quote unquote racial unity and this, that, and the other at the same time while promoting all these special carve out programs for people based on their race, what would happen when, uh, okay, let's say that there comes a point in the future where there is no racism. What would happen to those, those groups, all of these social justice groups, you know, black lives matter, make a lot of money. And, uh, if, if, if black lives matter got what they wanted, if there was no more discrimination, if there was no more, uh, uh, injustice, then what would happen to them? They would dry up and walk, fall away. You know, it reminds me of sometimes of what we do in medicine. A lot of what we do in medicine is done by people who benefit from the disease. So there's really no, there's really no ongoing revenue source from curing disease. So for instance, diabetes, diabetes is something that a lot of people have. It's mostly, and it's a lot of times it's a lifestyle disease. A lot of times it's curable if not curable, is more easily treated through lifestyle modifications. So if you're overweight, for instance, or you have a bad diet, you eat a lot of carbohydrates, you can actually make your diabetes, type 2 diabetes, go away or get much better just by limiting the carbohydrates you eat. And you could do that, like you could do a keto diet, for instance. You can actually, a lot of people can cure diabetes meaning that they no longer have type 2 diabetes by uh, eliminating carbs from their diet as much as possible. Even some people go to the extreme of eliminating them completely, which of course is not what the establishment wants you to do because establishment says that you must have, you know, they have the food pyramid and all that things. So if you say to your doctor, look, I want to go on the carnivore diet or I want to go on a keto diet, most of the time they'll say that's not a good diet to go on. And why do they say that? Well, because establishment says it's not that way. The AMA or whoever else, the American Academy of Pediatrics, whoever. Anyway, but if you do, if you did, if you have diabetes and you go on a, a low carb diet, so if you go on a keto diet, right? So in keto diet, you're supposed to eat no more than 20 carbs a day. If you did that, a lot of people would be cured of diabetes. But if you look at the medicine that we do, a lot of medicines that are treating diabetes are very expensive medicines, very new medicines, and they work. So people who have diabetes, who have high glucose, who are on, let's say, two oral medications like metformin and gliburide, they may get one of these fancy new injectable medications, these peptide medications. 
and they work and they make people lose weight and they make people uh, make their glucose go down. But guess what happens also? If you were to stop eating carbs, you could also uh, not need that injection, first of all, and maybe go off of metformin or gliburide completely or at least cut down your dosage. But in medicine, we never we're never really trained to talk to people about their diets and because the medicine what you call like establishment medicine, I guess you call it. We're trained to basically prescribe. We're trained to diagnose and prescribe or diagnose and refer or not know what's going on and refer and then let somebody else diagnose and they'll do a test and they'll do a code and then they'll get paid. There's no really no, the point of it is there's no, there's no real, uh, there's no real, bonus to curing anything there's no bonus to curing racism because the people who profit now who build their industries off of racism would go out of business and there's no money and the cure for for a lot of things like diabetes because you get more money off the new treatments for diabetes so if we were to cure diabetes if if you sat down and had doctors talk to people about diabetes and a lot of people went off their medications a lot of these new drugs would never be made and a lot of Profits would never be made. So there's really no point in it. There's a movement afoot in medicine to make people have disease. Every time I get a new patient, almost every time we get a new patient, we get a cholesterol panel, right? It's either we do it ourselves or someone has done a cholesterol panel for our adults' patients. Okay? And all the time it says the LDL is high. Generally speaking, unless they're on medicine for something, they're on some statin medication that says their cholesterol is high. And it's high because it says it's above 100. Well, guess what? 100 is not the gold cholesterol for everybody. There is no gold cholesterol for everybody. It depends on your your personal medical history and also family history and things like that, risk factors. And so whenever I get these people, I always have to tell them, look, your LDL says it's high here on this form. It's actually not high. That's not accurate. And I have to go through the whole spiel of why it's not. But there's a movement afoot to make people have disease. So the more people that have high cholesterol by the laboratory measure are going to have what? They're going to be put on statins. That's just the next thing you do. So I see a lot of patients come in who they're on statins and their LDL may be 130 and they may have no risk factors at all, which means their LDL goal is actually 160, but they're on a statin and they don't know because the doctor told them and the doctor may not even know. So... If you, I mean, if you look at that, you look at blood pressure too. Blood pressure used to be 140 over 90 was considered normal. Now they have this thing where say 140 over 90 is hypertension. I think they call it stage two or something like that. And you have to treat it then. And then they say, well, 130 to 80 is also hypertension. They used to call that prehypertension. Now it's not. It's called hypertension. 130 to 80 is high. Uh, 130 over 80 above that is hypertension. But we just don't treat it. Uh, so there's this there's this desire to make people have disease because the more people have disease, the more you can prescribe medicines for them and the more you can just wrap them up into the medical cartel. Anyway, that's the reason why we do what we do, because we can take the time to talk to patients and they can figure out whether or not they actually need to be on medications or not. This is funny. This is from uh, The Blaze. Ozzy Osbourne's moving back to England says everything in the U.S. is effing ridiculous. Rockstar Ozzy Osbourne criticized the United States and say he's moving back to England after more than two decades living in Los Angeles. I can't blame him if he wants to leave Los Angeles. 
Everything is effing ridiculous there, Osborne said. I'm fed up with the people getting killed every day. God knows how many people have been shot in school shootings, and there was a mass shooting in the Vegas concert. It's effing crazy. I don't want to die in America. I'm in English. I want to be back. I know it's bothering for wanting to go back to England. I just say that if you're living in California, maybe just move out of California, you know. But anyway, he wants to go back to England. I don't blame him. If he's, you know, he's English, he wants to go back. But then there's this thing where he says, uh, I guess he had talked to this, uh, the mirror. I think that's a, the daily mirror. This is what he said too. uh, uh, Sharon Osborne says uh, everything has changed so drastically. It's, you know, it's not the United States of America at all. Nothing's united about it. It's a very li- weird place to live right now. So Sharon, his wife, said that. And then uh, previously, uh, Ozzy had said the tax is getting too much. I'm sad because I really, really like staying here and living there. He said to the. So there we go. The real question is: Is the tax? Is it the reason? The reason why is because the taxes are too high. We don't know. I'm just going to read through this. This is a website called pro trump news it's kind of like drudge but it's got a lot of it's, it looks just like drudge actually it used to be drudge used to be like the uh, conservative go-to when rush would do a show he'd have drudge in the background and he'd just go through the headlines and then um go from a show like that so i'm going to do pro trump news that way because it looks just like drudge but it says here it says uh stephen bannon was swatted so stephen bannon's got this show called war room on uh on the internet and he was swatted apparently so this has been going on now steve bannon had it go on uh he's been twice swatted i think twice on live air swatted and i hope we don't get swatted i hope we don't that would be scary anyway swatting's where you call the swat you call 911 and you say hey there's somebody uh being shot there's active shooter at this location and then you give the location of somebody you don't like and it's usually from the left. I mean, I don't ever, I've never heard of a left winger getting swatted. So when these people who are getting swatted are generally uh, conservatives that I've seen, they're getting swatted from the left, which is, uh, you know, Joe Biden says that the MAGA people are the hateful ones. So anyway, so Steve Bannon, I guess, was swatted again and nobody was hurt. But Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor uh, Green was swatted. Uh, they went to her house. It's really it's, it's a scary time to be alive because, you know, you can say that Joe Biden is just this old guy. He's got dementia, most likely. He's got he's got these handlers telling him what to say. You can't blame him. But the things that he is uh, saying through his uh, masters, the puppeteers, you know, those are those are really uh, he's in, like I was listening to Mark Levin the other day. What he's doing is he's dehumanizing his opponents or his handlers are dehumanizing his opponents through him. And when you do that, that's the slope where you get towards when there becomes genocidal. You know, Hitler dehumanized the Jews. Uh, the Russians dehumanized Ukrainians. So there's not now, but in the past. So this is the thing that you see with these tyrants. What they do is they dehumanize their opponents. And it's a scary thing because then that's when violence happens. And then you start having things like people getting swatted, like Steve Bannon got swatted. And then you have even more radical things happen. So it's a bad time for our country. And it's mostly bad because of the media. I think the media really is the one that um, incites a lot of this. Uh, Politicians are going to be corrupt. Politicians are always going to be craven. Politicians are going to always be venal. They're always going to be uh, looking for the next way to get rich quick. They're always going to be will- looking the ways to exploit things. 
And that's what the media is supposed to be there for, to call them out when that happens or to be an arbiter of truth. But the media is the partner of the government. The media and the government are the same entity. They're different factions of the same entity. There's, uh, you know, they're, they're the same. They're the same. They have the same agenda and their agenda as it is now. Corporate media is to basically remodel the United States based on uh, what their belief system is. And their belief system is not that the United States is a good place. The United States was founded in racism. The United States is uh, immoral at its origins, needs to be completely redone in a revolutionary style. Uh, kind of like uh, BLM, you know, basically what BLM believes is that, you know, the racism is cannot be rooted out and it has to be just torn down and re and brought back up. And that's why Amazon does what it does and Bank of America, because the people have sit on these boards. That's the way they believe. They believe that America sucks. They believe that America was founded on racism. They believe that, um, you know, they believe that. So that's why it's dangerous. Somebody yelled at Biden's speech that he gave. He gave a speech and and he gave it in front of these red lights and the backdrop was red. It looked like he was speaking from hell. It looked like there was a uh, Joe Biden fell into a hole and he fell down into hell and they began speaking. And that's what it looked like. But anyway, there's somebody yelled uh, F Joe Biden during the speech. So that was uh, something that happened there. And then uh, what else is going on? here? Oh, Sarah Palin was supposed to was trying to uh was trying to uh, run for the governorship i'm sorry not the governorship the sole seat of congress in alaska but she got beat and she got beat by some democrat and they had this thing in alaska where they have this called rank voting and so you rank who you want to vote i guess like one two three four and then who then they just give them uh, votes based on that and so what happened was basically there was one Democrat, I think, running and then three Republicans. So all the Republicans kind of split the vote all up. So the Democrat won. And so Sarah Palin is probably done with her political career now. Herschel Walker is running in Georgia. He's going to supposed to he's up on uh, Raphael Warnock. Apparently, maybe he'll win. Maybe he won't. Uh, Mitch McConnell has not done any favors to them by uh, he's basically talked down any Republicans that were who are strongly promoted by Trump, because if those guys win, then the feeling is, is that they may not support him for being a uh, majority leader, which he should not be. The guy is completely past his prime. If he had ever had a prime, I don't know when it was, maybe early 2000s, he has passed his prime. And he's completely uh, an establishment kind of just, a, he, he's never going to... Like I was saying before, he's never going to be one to go over the wall. If the, if things come down the pike where, you know, some of these things that they're trying to do on the left, you know, revolutionarily speaking, take over and, you know, limit your rights to do it, whatever you want to do. McConnell's not going to be the guy to stand up. Uh, it would take somebody uh, like DeSantis or somebody like that to stand up. And it's not going to be McConnell. He'll be along there helping you uh, get thrown under the bus. So anyway, I guess that's why McConnell is not backing a lot of his own Senate candidates. So he's willing to lose the Senate if it means that at least he can stay minority leader rather than win the Senate with Republicans that he think may not support him to be the speaker, which is uh, pretty, pretty uh, uh, greedy on his part. Selfish. Uh, 
Well, I think that's all for today. You guys that are listening, if you're still listening, please subscribe. And then also, if you want to come in for a visit, that will be great. We run a concierge medicine practice here in Tampa in the free state of Florida. And we offer um, uh, personalized medical care for those people who are out there looking for personalized medical care and for people who are trying to get a hold of their doctor and cannot get a hold of their doctor right now, we're, we're talking to you. So if you're out there and you're angry or frustrated because your doctor is ignoring you or they always ignore you and they never call you back, call us and we'll see you guaranteed because that's what we do. And uh, that's it for today. Go to drtommy.com slash podcast for more Dr. Tommy show. And until next time, bye-bye. 